When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast, getting you ready for Bills Chiefs, the rematch of the 2021 divisional round epic. Uh, we are brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. And right now, Tops has the red zone foodball play offers during the playoffs. Score big on flavor and savings. Enhance your playoff weekend by creating recipes inspired by the distinct flavors of the playoff team's cities. Uh, Topps' expert butchers curated their recommended game day recipes over at topsmarkets.com slash foodball. From touchdown-worthy appetizers to hearty main dishes, discover a winning lineup of recipes that bring taste from around the country to your table. Head over to topsmarkets.com slash foodball for more information all right we're getting you started with the first look at the chiefs we're bringing in jesse uh newell he covers the chiefs for the kc star thank you so much jesse i appreciate you coming on short notice we got a quick turnaround here the bills played on monday we're getting right after it how are you my friend doing great yeah and that quick turnaround's like the opposite of what the chiefs have had all season they had six straight weeks where they had a rest disadvantage so now the bills kind of the tables have turned they're gonna have the rest disadvantage going to this big one coming up on sunday yeah, and we're about six weeks removed from these two teams playing in what I think is just going to be the norm. Uh, really competitive games, back and forth. The two best quarterbacks for my money in the NFL. Uh, and it's going to be a fun one. Uh, take me into this current version of the Chiefs. You know, the offense has been kind of unfamiliar to what we've we've come to know the Chiefs to be this season. Where are they at going into this game coming off of a 26 perform point performance against the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean in decent shape. Um they moved the ball between the 20s really well uh, this last game against Miami, especially in the cold conditions. Um and not sure how much we thought they were going to pass the ball when it was really windy and, and obviously, you know, sub-zero temperatures out there, but uh, they threw it a lot and Patrick Mahomes is really good throwing the football. They had some struggles on the red zone, but I think what's different about this offense is, you know, we hear quotes from Patrick Mahomes that we've never heard from Patrick Mahomes, where he'll come out to press conference and say that they need to play complimentary football and not hurt their defense, and then say things like, we can punt, we can punt. And like for Mahomes, throughout, I mean, think of his whole life, like Texas Tech, he's losing games, you know, 70 to 63. And then with the Chiefs, you know, for so long, their defense hasn't been that good. So he's had to put on a Superman cape and go out there and win games. Obviously, Buffalo is, is familiar with a lot of those games out there where he's he's done that. He's he's put the cape on and won it for him. This is just different because really where the Chiefs were losing games early in the year has just been turnovers. They've been handing other teams, you know, 10 to 15 points per game with turnovers. And so 
Now, if you can limit the mistakes, if you can still be efficient between the 20s and you can kick field goals and throw the ball away, sometimes that might be a winning formula for the Chiefs. It might be different against the Bills. Obviously, the Bills are a favorite in this game coming up, but it has been different to hear this from Patrick Mahomes. And like last week, he tied his career high against Miami with seven throwaway passes. So, you know, usually he's out there scrambling around trying to make a play. Right now, he's a little bit more content to just toss that ball away and, and live to see another down. And it's a different type of offense, a different type of mentality, I would say, that you've seen from the Chiefs than we've definitely seen in previous years. You, uh, you took a little heat during uh, the game on Saturday night, jumped the gun on the turnover stat, uh, which I know a lot of people made sure to let you know about. But that is a crazy stat that it would have only been the third time all season that the Chiefs don't turn it over and they end up having the fumble in that game. And that could be what co- this comes down to. Now, you mentioned something that very interesting there about all the off script stuff that, you know, he's maybe taking out of his game, you know, settling for the throwaway, which is important against a team like the Bills who are in the tops of the league and taking the ball away. Um, how much has that changed the course of the season? Because I feel like guys like Mahomes and Allen are so similar in that you could teach that to them or you can like, you know, re-emphasize that to them and, and they're still going to go out there and kind of play their game. And how much does that have to do with the supporting cast and maybe being, you know, Travis Kelsey, maybe not being as reliable as in years past. I mean, watching the other night, I'm like, who is this guy dropping passes with nobody in the vicinity of him? That does not look like Travis Kelsey to me. How much is it about the guys he has around him? Yeah, I'd say the last three or four games this happened. And I remember by Gregorian, our great columnist, he wrote about that after the game where Mahomes was, I mean, uttering those words, those three little words, we can punt. If you're the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, who plays for Andy Reid, who plays for a superhuman offense that we all think about, you know, high flying up and down the field, sort of getting to the mindset of like, hey, this guy thinks it's okay if if they just punt the ball away and rely on their defense and play complimentary football. It really was a kind of a paradigm shift that we have not seen around here. So I would say that's happened lately. Some of it is the weapons, yes, but I think most of it is just the fact that if you look at their defense, this is the best, by far, the best defense uh, that the Chiefs have had under under. Patrick Mahomes and you know so many times like last year their defense was okay and they were young but you know the Eagles scored 35 in the Super Bowl the Chiefs had to score 38 to win in a low possession game and they did you know you had to go out there and everything was on his shoulders I think he sort of felt like look the the game is going to be won or lost by me And, and and for most of his life that's where it's been I mean even in high school that was how it was you know the game was won or lost with him I think he's come to understand now and the offense has come to understand that like maybe they aren't quite as have as much firepower as a year ago. Maybe things aren't clicking quite as well, but that's okay if your defense is going to give up 20 points. You got to score 22, 23, 26, and you got to not put the defense in bad situations where uh, your turnovers are giving it to them in the red zone automatically. So it has been kind of a recent shift and sort of a, a coming a, a realization that uh, the Chiefs might be able to win games a little bit different this year. Now, like I said, some of that goes out the window against the Bills because. If you're playing the Dolphins, you're the favorite. You're at home. You know, those sorts of things. Buffalo and Kansas City kind of remind me of each other a little bit, which is like you feel like the ceiling is always high. They have the quarterback. They have the system. They have the offensive minds. It's just can they get out of their own way? And we've seen that with Josh Allen this year with the turnovers and obviously Chiefs with the turnovers. Uh, They've really hurt their defense in the process of doing that. So, like I said, the mindset has changed here in the last couple weeks. Yeah, we are coming off of the perfect Josh Allen game. Like if I could craft a game for him – this was it. You know, he runs for 50 plus, has the 50 yard touchdown run, which is just one of those insane Josh Allen plays. Has the touchdown there, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. Like <clears throat> to me, they become this really um, 
overwhelming team to play when they're not giving you extra opportunities because it always feels like you're in the game against them because they give you those opportunities. They let teams hang around. And when they don't do that, it ratchets up the pressure, especially here. And, you know, it's funny. I was talking about this on a local radio show today. The Bills, Bills Mafia has been waiting for this game for years, going back to 2020, the last time the Chiefs came to Buffalo because there were no fans in the stadium that year because of COVID. And it's like, when are the Chiefs going to have to come to Buffalo and play in Highmark Stadium? And I feel like because of this kind of groundswell for this game, it is going to be such an environment in that stadium on Sunday. What have you heard or what are the Chiefs saying about having to go on the road for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career? Well, and I can give you a better answer coming up uh, later this week because right. um, Chiefs haven't done anything because they didn't want to have media before they knew who their opponent was and obviously didn't right. know officially that the Bills were going to beat Pittsburgh. So uh, we'll get more this week from them. But, you know, it, it's, it is going to be fascinating because it does feel like every year the Chiefs and Bills are playing at Arrowhead. It feels like Chiefs-Bills, Arrowhead. Chiefs-Bills, Arrowhead. There's some weird, like, I'm Mr. Numbers, rational guy over here, but there are, like, some weird – you know, kind of feeling type stuff with this game. Because for one, you know, like you said, the Bills fans are ready for this game. They're ready to break through this barrier, which we know has been the Chiefs. You know, you dominate a game or you win a game over the course of 59 minutes and 47 seconds and you don't win it. You, you want to get back. And this has been the big hurdle in front of them. We know that. And so there's that part of this. Uh, I'm also sort of reminded too of kind of when things don't go well at a home stadium early and you have all that anticipation, sometimes that becomes kind of nervous energy, mm -hmm. kind of a, a ah, what's going on here, not, not as anticipated. And I, I do think there is something, if you look back a couple of years ago, especially last year, these two franchises kind of went in different directions. And the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill and got a bunch of draft picks, kind of tried to rebuild themselves, and basically made a decision, they're going to try the next 10 years to be in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes, and if you just give yourself another shot, another shot, another shot, he's going to win three or four Super Bowls. That's kind of their game. And that's kind of how this, game, this year has turned out. Like, they're not a perfect team, but they're the, the three seed. You know, they, they've given themselves a chance. The Bills went out and got Vaughn Miller. They went out and got, you know, they kind of made some win-now moves to be like, got to break through. And so the Chiefs kind of stole one last year. And the Bills, it seems like, whether it's creeping or not, the window is closing a little bit sooner and that there's pressure to get this thing done now. So um, I, I do, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I will say, I mean, all along, the Bills have seemed like the team, and you talked about it with their ceiling. Chiefs fans kind of got frustrated throughout the year where it's like, they always feel like something's, someone's going to mess something up, whether it was the offsides that you guys know all about. You know, the offsides play that, that negates the amazing play from Travis Kelsey laddering it to, to Gadarius Toney, or whether it's been a penalty in the year, or whether it's been um, a legal procedure call, whatever the case, it's like, they're going to screw up. At some point, they're going to screw up. But your point, Matt, which is like, like the Bills played last week, what if they don't screw up? Those things seem kind of fluky. Like, what if you play a game where you don't screw that up? And that's the ceiling. And so that's sort of where these two teams are at for me, which is like, yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah, you don't want to line up offsides. Yeah, there's been some discipline issues. Yeah, you don't want to turn it over. But like for 60 minutes, if you don't do those things, which are kind of fluky that we're talking about, are kind of fluky. If you don't do those things, whoever's playing you is in deep trouble. And, and that's kind of where we can see this game could be great. It could be great if both these teams are, are executing the way we saw them execute a week ago. Uh, it could be really high-level football and potentially the, the game of the playoffs, no matter how the Super Bowl turns out.
This is great stuff. Uh, I got a couple more things I want to get into real quick before we do. Become a Shout uh, Buffalo Bills Insider by texting 716-528-6727. Two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. The Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Beyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street in Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call, 716-852-1234, or check out Letro Law. Com. All right, I want to get into this defense, but before we do, let me throw these three offensive weapons at you, and I want you to rank them in order of importance to the Chiefs' offense success uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, obviously. Rasheed Rice, who has just been awesome to watch. I have him in my Dynasty League, and, and, and I'm all in on that stock. And then, of course, Isaiah Pacheco, who to me feels like this unbelievable wild card, depending on – because of his style, the way that he plays – to me, as good as the Bills were against the Steelers, against their run game, uh, Najee Harris and, and Jalen Warren, there's still some fear that a physical front, you know, which the Chiefs have, and a physical runner like Pacheco could do some damage. How do things stack up with those three guys in order of importance to this Chiefs success of this offense? Yeah, I guess let's go reverse order. So I would say Pacheco's still third. Now, what he brings to them is energy. I mean, this guy, like that weather game last week was just totally exactly what he wants you know what i mean he wants bad conditions he wants to hit you physically he wants to make you hurt he wants to pop up afterwards and kind of laugh that you tried to hit him all those sorts of things and the chiefs interior three are really good at run blocking so you're talking about joe tooney on the left side uh, left guard uh, creed humphrey and then trey smith their problem comes at tackle and their tackles really have struggled all year uh in pass pro some, but especially in run blocking. So a lot of times they'll block things really well. You can go back to a goal line carry they had last week at the two-yard line. Everything's blocked up really well. Uh, Juwan Taylor, the right tackle, does not see a, a linebacker blitzing, doesn't, doesn't get his down block, and this thing gets blown up in the backfield when otherwise it would have been a walk-in touchdown. That's kind of what they've been facing all year is, is you can't figure out which side to go to, and you can't figure out which consistency you're going to get from those guys. So I would limit Pacheco's uh, effectiveness. He's a really good runner to get turn a four-yard gain into a seven-yard gain, to push the pile, turn five into to eight, and to find the right lane. However, it's still an Andy Reid offense. He's going to throw more than he passes or throw more than he runs. Deservedly so. That's that's kind of what the math tells you to do. And so I, I think in a game like this, especially the run game, um, it's there. And maybe the Chiefs can can break some things and, and get some things going if they can kind of scheme things up. But I would not put it at the top of the list. I'd still put second Rasheed Rice. He had an amazing game last week. Eight catches, 130 yards, you know, career night, all those sorts of things. Um, it, it kind of made sense going in, though, because you figured, you know, Jalen Ramsey probably matched up on Travis Kelsey and there might be some uh, help for the or hope for the secondary weapon for the Chiefs. He's been great for them the second half of the season and playing more and more and more and understanding more and more of the offense. But I still would put him second to Travis Kelsey because there's the history. You know what I mean? And and to your point, Travis Kelsey dropping three passes in the first half, it's just it's not something I expect to happen again. And him and Mahomes and their chemistry and their ESP, you know, there's an early throw last week where he's supposed to kind of run a sail route to the outside and he turns around and he sees the defenders on the outside just stops. And sure enough, right as he stops in that vacancy, Mahomes is already dotting him with a pass and the Chiefs get a big 20-yard play. So just based off of history, I'm still sticking with Travis Kelsey. Did not have his best run blocking effort a week ago. I seem to be affected by the conditions some based off the drop passes too. But you still think Kelsey, Mahomes, Andy Reid. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, I think the thing that concerns you most is no matter what the offense has done this year, those three pieces are still together and they're healthy at the right time. Uh, I guess Andy Reid's going to be healthy regardless uh, if he gets his mustache unfrozen from last week. But uh, those three going into the playoffs and kind of being the versions of themselves we've seen before is always a possibility. So I'd still put Kelsey at the top of that list. 
Um, I want to shift gears to this defense that you uh, kind of previewed there at the beginning and just the best version uh, of a defense for Patrick Mahomes uh, and Steve Spagnola. I mean, Sean McDermott, we talked to him on Zoom today, goes back to Philadelphia with him, all the respect in the world for what he's done over the years and the fits that at times uh, they've given this Bills offense. What's this current version? Um, where's the strength? You know, take me through all three levels. And then is Chris Jones, has he, has he been as effective? Have you seen any drop-off? And are they using him any differently than they have in years past with, the, you know, the willingness to move him inside and out and, and, and all the different things they do with him? Yeah, so start with Chris Jones. Uh, he has not been quite as good this year as last year. Like last year, he was in the discussion for Defensive Player of the Year. This year, not quite up to that level. Some of that has been run defense, although – um, you always kind of wonder with him, you saw his last game. I'm sure the headlines were out there where he needed a half sack to get a $1.25 million bonus. And he had 10 pressures in the first 25 passing snaps of the game. So <laughs> when Chris Jones is motivated, uh, I would not want to stand in his way, especially when it comes to $1.25 million or potential uh, playoff wins. But he, he, a lot of times it's funny that with freedom with him, they let him pick where he wants to rush. Uh, they look at it before they, they find the weakest rusher and they let him kind of dictate those sorts of things. So uh, this is one of those defenses where they allow him to do a lot of things. Pass rush wise, he's still just in clutch moments, has the potential to go off at any moment and make a huge play. And like I said, the run defense, not quite as good, but it was really good last week in the playoffs. So maybe um, the 10 out of 10 ready to play Chris Jones is going to be there. You would assume so in a game like this. But outside of that, I wanted to watch is number 90, Charles Amenahu. Uh, he's a guy that had, they signed from the 49ers in the offseason as a free agent. He had a six-game suspension earlier this year for uh, the NFL Code of Conduct policy. But uh, going into the last week, he had six straight games, at least a half a sack. And he's one of those guys that is taking advantage. He can go inside and outside with his rush and he takes advantage of the single team because that's what Chris Jones does. He, he a lot of teams slide their protection to him. And so he and then George Karloftis have really come on late in the season. He's kind of just an effort guy who cleans up a bunch of sacks, but he got to double-digit sacks. He had a sack and a half last week as well. Um, at the linebacker level, they're really solid. Um, and they actually have a ton of depth because of guys now being healthy. Nick Bolton had one of the best games of his career last week, though, yeah. uh, against Miami. And he came back healthy after hurting himself earlier in the season. Uh, they have some depth there with Leo Chanel is more of a run stopper, but he plays his role really well. And, uh, Drew Tranquil, they signed from the Chargers, and he's had some really bright moments this year. He filled in for Nick Fulton, a middle linebacker throughout the season, super bright guy that uh, was able to step right in when they needed him. So they're deep at that level. And then, I mean, saying all those things, they, they're, their strength is probably their secondary. Um, Legereus Sneed completely beasted <laughs> Tyree Kill last week. They love to play physical with their corners. They love to play man right. coverage and to be physical with that sort of thing. Um, so he's really good. And, oh, by the way, Trent McDuffie made the all-pro team, uh, the second-year corner. And I'm sure you guys know about him because um, Trent McDuffie, Chiefs traded up to get him. It sure seemed like from some of the Bills videos that uh, the Bills were interested in him at the time, ended up with Kyrie Elam, who I know made a huge play last week. But McDuffie and Sneed, those two guys, and their depth there is really good. Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams can step out there too. Shamari Connors, a rookie as a safety and sort of a safety nickel hybrid guy has come on, a big hitter. So they're really solid, and Spags is so creative. I mean, they do some crazy things in there. So whatever the Bills are anticipating, I'm sure at some point on Sunday, they're going to get something they didn't they, that they don't expect, at least based off the film the Chiefs have shown. The, the Sneed uh, matchup uh, and whether or not he travels with Diggs or how, how often he's on Diggs is, to me, something to watch because, you know, if you go back to the early years, I felt like Shervarius Ward, uh, some of the other guys, even Sneed early on in his career, 
they did a really good job of taking digs out of the game at times because of how physical they were with him. Now, I think he's met that physicality over the years. And, you know, I feel like he's gotten some heat this year in terms of, you know, he went, I think it's still since week six is his last 100 yard game. So it's been a, a challenging year and he's obviously getting older. Uh, there's, there's been some change to the way that the bills offense runs. I mean, last week was the, the vision coming to fruition with Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid, both with a touchdown, uh, finding a way to not necessarily lean on 12 personnel, but find a way to utilize those tight ends at different spots that I still think their best personnel package is 11. How have the chiefs dealt with tight ends this season? Because to me, that's one going to be one of the really important matchups because Kincaid to me, I think is the guy that can maybe get lost in the shuffle and maybe have an impact in this game. If, if they take away digs. Yeah, the 12 thing is, I mean, that's what the Chiefs did last year. I'm sure, you know, it's a copycat league. And so I'm sure that the Bills saw, hey, the Chiefs are facing all this, all these people drop and coverage, drop and coverage. So the Chiefs got in 12 personnel and sort of run the ball at people. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you sort of have an answer to that. I could definitely see Kincaid being part of that thing. And again, being a copycat league, I actually wrote about this after the Super Bowl that uh, that return motion play that the Chiefs ran in the Super Bowl for two touchdowns. Uh, they stole that from the Bills, so yeah. uh, I don't. Yeah, that's that's one of those things. I actually asked McDermott about that at the uh, at the combine, and he had a little bit of a, a sly grin, sort of like, "Of course they did." You know what I mean? Thanks a lot. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't need to know that sort of thing. Uh, but back to tight ends, it's just it depended on the week, really. Um, but to your point, uh, I, I was looking up Diggs' numbers real quick against the Chiefs: four catches, twenty-four yards on eleven targets. I think is what I saw in the first game. Uh, yeah. That's what Legarius need. Like that's the challenge he loves. They've had him travel all year be physical with those guys. Now, the one place you can get him is penalties. You know, he, he's the most penalized defensive player in the NFL. I think that probably more than anything kept him from being on some of these all pro teams, these pro bowl teams, um, but he's not going to back down and he plays with physicality and he wants that challenge. So you're right. If, if he locks down Stefan Diggs, then uh, they're going to have to look for other places and the tight end potentially the tight end position potentially could be that, but I fully expect the chiefs will put that responsibility on uh, Legereus Steed in this game, and I, I fully expect him to play physical. Now, again, a road game at Buffalo in the playoffs, there might be some flags with that. There definitely could be, uh, especially more compared to what you would get at Arrowhead. Um, but that will be a matchup to watch. And if not, how do the Bills adjust to that? Can, can they get to 12 and run the football? Can they get to 12 and pass the football? Uh, that'll definitely be something to watch and see how the Chiefs sort of try to counteract that. The James Cook had himself a real game going back and looking at the numbers here uh i I still this week have to go back and watch that one just for the research purposes and uh i think he'll be big in this game again if they can get him involved uh because really they did a really good job on the rest of the bills offense i mean cook had the touchdown allen had a rushing touchdown and of course it was that really low scoring game which i think this could be again now i think to your point earlier in the show this could end up being a game where you know, you kind of got to throw what's been happening out the window and just go backyard football and you see them kind of go back and forth. And even a couple of years ago in in that overtime game, the defense for the Chiefs did a great job on the Bills through like three quarters. And then they just kind of broke through. And then it's kind of like an avalanche, avalanche for either of these offenses with these quarterbacks. Um, so how do you feel like this thing's going to play out? You don't have to give a prediction or anything like that, but going on the road with the rest, um, uh, uncharted territory, the season that they've had as the three seed now, how do you see it going? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm Mr. Stats numbers guy. And so I'm the guy that was going on radio in like week nine, week 10 and saying, 
and I don't think if you're the Chiefs, you want to see the Bills ever here. And like when they played them in that head-to-head game, I remember leading my story was sort of like, this gives the Bills some life here. Like the Chiefs had a chance here. And I don't think it would have been to their season now if you go back. If, they, if everything would have played out the way it did, I think they, the Chiefs and Bills actually would have played at Arrowhead last week. It would have been mm-hmm. a 2-7 matchup. But yet it sort of felt mentally like the Bills were back in this thing after they beat the Chiefs when right. that was the outside game where if it didn't happen, maybe things don't go this way. And it was sort of the the one moment the Chiefs had to have kind of the future in their hands and, and make sure they didn't play the Bills. So, you know, honestly, all along, I, I, I think the Bills are – the best team in the AFC. Um, I thought that even they were pretty bad just because of what the numbers tell us. I thought that when the Chiefs, if they got to go to Buffalo, I figured the Buffalo would probably win. And, and the Buffalo would win. I mean, I cover college basketball forever, and it's sort of like, you know, Bill Self is the guy who can't can't make a Final Four, best coach to ever make a Final Four, and then he makes one. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. well, did, did everything change in one game? You know, it's, oh, Tony Bennett can't win. You know, he loses the 16th seed. He can't win the tournament. And then the next year they win the national championship. So it's like – it feels like that with the Bills, right? I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, can they really beat the Chiefs? Can they advance in the playoffs? Can they make the Super Bowl? And then one year it's going to happen, right? And then we're going to be like, what, what, what was that narrative about? Like, they're just playing football, you know? Right. So I think the only thing that worries me for the Bills is what I talked about earlier. Um, one is that there could be nerves involved with this because there's more riding on this for the Bills because of the mental block. They have not been – mental hurdle they not been able to get over when they face the Chiefs in the playoffs. They've been great against them in the regular season, not good in the playoffs. Number two, there's just a chance that Patrick Mahomes is becomes Patrick Mahomes again. You know what I mean? In the course of the season and go Superman like we've seen Josh Allen do. And that can make a very tough matchup. And then three, I do think there's something to this rest advantage. I just do. I, the Chiefs were a beat down team at the end of this year when six weeks in a row they faced teams that had more rest than them. Uh, I think it, it really stinks for the Bills. Two things completely out of your control these last two years have really kind of screwed over uh, what potentially could have happened with your playoff path. And so I think there's something to that, especially with some of the injuries I saw you write about uh, in that game yesterday uh, that the Bills had that might not be able to recover for the next game. Um, I think there's very something very real to that the Bills are going to have to overcome. So having said, I'll have a prediction out later this week. I think it'll be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. I think I said, I think it'll be the game of the playoffs. These two teams meeting up usually are the game of the playoffs. Uh, but like I said, if I'm going to pick the Chiefs, it's going to be because of that rest advantage. But all along, I kind of figured I was going to pick the Bills because if they the Chiefs played at Buffalo, I figured that was the best team in the AFC. And so even if it's a coin flip type game, two and a half point spread, uh, you're probably going to pick the favorite. So uh, I like the Bills chances, even if history has not been on their side. Man, Jesse, this was uh, absolutely uh, terrific. And what's also terrific is the Tops mobile app. Uh, you can get it today. Download the Tops Mo- Markets mobile app uh, on any platform and get the most out of your shopping experience. Check out all the amazing benefits you have at the palm of your hands by going to topsmarkets.com slash mobile app for more information. Jesse, I want Bills fans to, to go to a reliable source for the week. I always do this at the beginning of game week so they so they can get one. Let them know where they can find your work, what you got coming on, anything you want them to know, to, to know about. Yeah, just check out kansas.com um, and hopefully we'll have a deal pop up for you that you get like a dollar for the week. We usually have those around this time of year, so uh, we don't want to charge you too much, but it's always good if you click on the stories and uh, it shows that you got a new subscriber from people out there. So uh, like I said, we'll have uh, actually four people going to Buffalo along with a photographer. And uh, you probably saw him make the rounds on the internet. One of our photographers last week had the uh, the famous shot of Patrick Holmes' helmet coming off. Oh, uh, yes. With this. It's, that's that's just the 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 great work that we have going on. And so bringing five people to Buffalo to uh, – 
to watch this game and see what transpires. So yeah, can'tsee.com. Like I said, uh, if you can't find a good link, find me on Twitter at Jesse Newell, and I'll try to find one for you that uh, can get you a dollar or two and get you the coverage for the week. Great, great stuff. Uh, that'll do it for this episode. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, for the Staples Show, and then we're off. Uh, we'll have full coverage from Orchard Park, all three days of practice into Sunday at 6.30. Have a great week, everybody. Take care.